such a dramatic opener. Um, the, today's scripture is from John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. You'll never guess what it is. Um, so it begins, the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. So this morning, get out your palm branches and welcome our pastor, Chris Meekins. Thank you. Appreciate your reading. Um, well, today is Palm Sunday, and we're glad that you're here with us celebrating the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem just days before he was unlawfully murdered and executed. But there's a good side of the story. story. Spoiler alert, he rises from the dead. Okay, so but today we're going to talk about Palm Sunday, and we just read a scripture that describes what was happening when Jesus enters Jerusalem. And the only thing that I could really illustrate it with, the only thing that seems like similar, is when we have a president that runs for office and they're getting a lot of buzz in the news and with people. So I'm old enough to remember when Barack Obama ran for president. Does anyone remember that? Is everyone here old enough to... Yep, I'm looking at the uh, faces. <laughs> You're an older crowd. And I see... <laughs> except for you, Lupita. All right, so, um, so I remember when Obama... And I remember the buzz. Do you remember the buzz? Like, people were excited. People were like, oh, this guy's going to be different. And he's doing this thing, and he's got this different kind of campaign. It's like a starfish campaign, which means, like, it's decentralized in the way we do. And I remember when Donald uh, Trump ran for president, there was... His base was super excited about uh, what they were doing. They're, oh, this guy's different. He's not an insider. He's an outsider and all these things. And everyone was really excited. Everyone thought that these two candidates, they, they, that they were going to change things, that they were, this was going to be exciting and new, and this is the person that's going to come make this country great again, is what, for one of the people they used to say that. And then the other guy was about hope, and I remember, it was, it's like exciting because they were actually going to do it. These were the guys that were actually going to make it happen. They were going to do it. That's just the last two presidents. Um, now, the story that we just read, and... Jesus entering Jerusalem, it's a lot like that. People were excited to see Jesus because they were like, this is the guy. He's going to come in and he's going to be king and he's going to overthrow the Romans. We're really excited. And did you hear there's a guy named Lazarus? He was totally dead. Like really, like how dead was he? Like really dead. Like three days later dead. Like the tomb was starting to smell. And he's like, why don't you come back to life, Lazarus? And Lazarus comes after life and all that. And then they're healing people and there's all these miracles taking place. So there's a lot of buzz and excitement, just like a presidential candidate. And that's one of the important things. They knew that this was exciting because they heard someone dead came back to life. Now, if you had heard 
that someone who is dead came back to life, you'd probably be pretty excited too. You'd be like, did you hear about that presidential candidate? They raised someone from the dead. You'd probably tell your friends about that. And you'd probably come out to see him if he came to town. Second thing that there is happening here, they're just telling all the different stories that they heard. And the third thing that's happening in this passage is that people are starting to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he was the one who was going to come and save the people. And so what's exciting about this for us today? Why do we still celebrate Palm Sunday some 2,000 years later, the week before Easter? Well, Palm Sunday is the start of what Christians call Holy Week. And during Holy Week, we pause and we remember what Jesus did and why he came to earth. And we celebrate that Jesus came into the world to save the world. And, and Palm Sunday simultaneously reminds us of the birth of Jesus, the coming of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus that would take place seven days later on Easter. And so that's why we're excited. But how should we respond to the story? Why should we respond to the story? Well, the way you and I should respond on Palm Sunday is the same way that these people responded. They were excited. And we see that they did two important things. Two important things. The first thing, Palm Sunday, is a time when we welcome Jesus in again. And the second thing, Palm Sunday is a time when we share our good news about Jesus. First, we welcome Jesus in again. One of the things that we know about God, one of the things that we know about Jesus is that God comes and shows up where he's wanted. God shows up where he's wanted. When you look at the scriptures... And when you look at the history of the church, when you look at old revival movements and new revival movements, I don't know if you've been tracking what's been happening, uh, what happened at Asbury. This would be a new revival movement that's taken place. If you don't know what it is, this, uh, these group of college kids started worshiping um, some night in a sanctuary, and it went on for like over 30 days straight nonstop. And over 150,000 people came through and were renewed. And they said the power of the Spirit was doing something in the room. People were being healed. There was miracles taking place. And these kids weren't really qualified to lead it. All the experts who want revival to happen, they, it didn't happen through them. It happened through a bunch of 18-year-olds just worshiping. And it grew and grew. So these movements that happened, these revival movements that take place, when we look at the lives of Christian heroes that we admire... When we look at all those things, we see that all of those things have something in common. And all those groups of people have something in common. God comes where he's wanted. His presence is manifested among the people and in, in the places who choose to welcome him in. And so during Holy Week, and even right now, even as I'm speaking, this is a time where we can pause in the Christian calendar and in our personal calendars where we just leave some space and we say, God, we welcome you here. I welcome you in again. God, I welcome you in to my hopes. I welcome you into my dreams. I welcome you into my future. 
God, I have some concerns about my life, about this relationship, about these finances, about uh, whatever. And you see these people with Jesus, they're excited, but they're also welcoming him in, in the same way we welcome him in. And the only way, folks, I know how to do this is to welcome him in, is to say, God, I welcome you in again. I'm, I'm open to you. And what we believe as a church, as many churches believe, is that God's Holy Spirit, the gift that Jesus gave to us, is living and active right now. So the same Holy Spirit that guided the apostles is the same Holy Spirit that sits with you right now. And the same Holy Spirit who sits with you right now is wanting to talk to your mind and heart and to be in your life in a powerful way. Not just in a theological way, not just in a distant and dormant and dead way, but in a real way. That God wants to be with you right now. But he only comes if you want him to come. You know, and I think this is uh, good. It's good that you and I serve a God that has manners. I don't know if you've ever seen the TV show Seinfeld. It was on in the 90s. And um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld is the star of that show. And the show is based in New York. Do I need to do all the background? No? Okay. So in Seinfeld, uh, Jerry has a neighbor. What's... Does it? That's right, Cosmo Kramer, Cosmo. And Cosmo Kramer, uh, always very polite, always knocks. No, he just bursts in the door. He's like, I'm here. We don't serve a God like that. The God of the universe isn't a bust down your door and take over parts of your life if you don't want him to. Do you understand that you have a role to play in this? That there's something about... Um, your participation in it. Now, how this breaks down into the sovereignty of God, I don't have time for. But like, there is something about your will where you get to participate in welcoming him in. And this is the time. This is the time. And I especially want to talk to you for those of you who believe you are Christians, who've prayed the prayer, you said, I follow Jesus, you know, Jesus died for my sins. I'm actually talking to you. This is not about getting saved. Although, I do believe that... People move from darkness to light. There is moments where we come to faith in Jesus. I believe in that. And every single person you know needs to experience the power, the saving power of Jesus. I'm talking about you Christians. Welcoming him into your heart once again. Would you do that? Would you be open to it? I'm trying to do it this week. Even when we're worshiping, I'm like, God, I have this, this, and this. But I want to welcome you in. I want to welcome in. And I'm open to whatever you want to do. That is really hard, but it's really good for us. So that's the first thing. Palm Sunday is a time when we welcome in Jesus again. We welcome Jesus in again. Second thing is, Palm Sunday is a time when we share our good news about Jesus. Now, if you look at this text and you go back and you read the whole chapter in context, you notice that the people aren't sharing their faith. Uh, they aren't laying out very rich and meaningful theological arguments 
for the divinity of the Messiah through Jesus and so on. They're not laying out the theological implications, as I just said, and they're not laying out the eschatological realities of the newly established kingdom of Jesus of Nazareth. They're not making it super clear. And the reason I want to bring this up is that sometimes, sometimes as Jesus followers, we might feel pressure that if we're going to share our faith, that we need to get it all right and in the right order. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand unless you really want to, how many of you have ever felt that pressure like, I want to get this right. If I share my faith with someone, I want to share it and make sure I get it right. And sometimes, uh, you know, uh, that this becomes a barrier in us actually being able to share what's going on on here. Notice they're not sharing their faith. They're sharing the good news that they either experienced or the good news that they heard. And good news is different than sharing a theological supposition. Like, we believe that Jesus died for sins, that he was God incarnate and died for sins and showed that he had the power to do it by rising from the dead three days after he was killed. That's why we celebrate Easter. That is the gospel message. But good news is different. Good news is like, hey, did you hear? Someone came back to life. Did you hear? He went into town and he cleared out the whole hospital. There was a whole bunch of sick people, and now the whole town has no sick people. And all the doctors are mad at him because he took all their business away. Big Pharma's really mad at Jesus. He took all the sick people. They have no one to treat anymore. Sorry if you work in a hospital. <laughs> and, so, and, um, and so sometimes when we feel this pressure to get it right, to share our faith and to say it right, we end up speaking our own language. Does anyone know what that language is called? Does anyone know what Christian's special language is called? That's right. It's called Christianese. How many of you have heard of Christianese? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, you're embarrassed to admit it. Yes, okay. Christianese. So let me give you an example of Christianese. I'll give you one example. Just that first slide. Christianese is, this is actually a thing I've heard. Have you been washed in the blood, brother? Have you been washed in the blood, brother? <laughs> when do they make you do that? <laughs> the translation, my sins are forgiven because of what Jesus has done. You see, like, sometimes in our eagerness to share what God has done in our lives, we'll blurt out to probably a new person who hasn't been to church in years, have you been washed in the blood, brother? And really what you're trying to say is this, but that's not, you know, uh, helpful. <laughs> Well, what, what's important about communication? What's important about communication is that the receiver understands what you're saying. You getting it off your chest is not what we call communication. You, that's just blabbing. <laughs> communication is actually using words and phrases and uh, other things uh, to say something so that the receiver, the person listening, understands you, right? And so uh, sometimes... In our desire, our earnest desire to kind of help people along with what we've experienced inside, we will develop Christianese. Um, uh, so I, I have this one, but then I went on a rabbit trail. Do you want to hear some other Christianese examples? Okay, cool. We have time? Absolutely. Uh, how about this one? It, the next one. Uh, if it be God's will, that's Christianese. The translation is, I don't think God is going to answer this one. <laughs> How many of you have used that one? Can we get a show of hands? How many of you have used that one? 
Dude, anytime anyone, you come with me with a real difficult one, well, if it's God's will, you know. <laughs> uh, next one. Let's have a word of prayer. Translation, I'm going to pray for a long, long, long time. Next one. Uh, that's not my spiritual gift, which is a translation for find someone else. <laughs> Dude, as the lead pastor of this church, uh, when we were in our initial growth phase and even where we are now, this is my favorite one to hear all the time. Hey, can I help you? Can you help us uh, move this table one time from here to over there? I'm sorry, that's not my spiritual gift. Like, it's amazing the excuses you hear, and then you're just like, every knee will bow. All right, so next one. I'm going to have to cut that one from the message. That's a joke. That's a joke. Uh, next one. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Translation, I'm totally clueless. Uh, next one. The Lord willing means you might think I'll be there, but I won't be there. I hear this one a lot too. Hey, can I get you to do what you said you're going to do? Lord willing. Oh, God, they're never coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one. I don't feel led. Which is a translation is, you can't make me do anything. Uh, next one. She has such a sweet spirit, which is, what an airhead. And if you, you, tell me you haven't heard that one. Yes, okay. Have you heard that one? You have. I've heard it a lot. I've never used it. Maybe you have. All right, so next one. You just have to put it in God's hands, which is translation for, don't expect me to help you. And then finally, God wants to prosper you, which means give me all your money. So, all right, so I went on that trail. Um, so when we speak this language, we seem surprised when people look at us, like, very strangely. We, they look at us odd. Now, as I said before, um, I may, you know, at times... I believe we are called upon to explain the source and the story of Jesus and what it means. And eventually, we, people must come to an understanding of the gospel. So I don't want to dissuade you from building the skill, but I don't want you to miss what was happening in the passages that, that Kate read, what was happening on this Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday also provides a different way for us to share our faith. Like I said, we sometimes have to share the source of our faith, and sometimes, most of the time, the initial times, we are called upon to tell the story of our faith. And we see that people in this story are sharing their good news about Jesus. They're sharing about Lazarus. They're sharing that they think that Jesus might be the Messiah, that he came to save the Jewish people. And do you see what's going on here? These people aren't really, like, they're common folk. They don't have theological backgrounds. They're just sharing the good news. They're sharing what they've heard. And they're sharing their experiences with Jesus. And here's the point. All this time later, you right now, your personal experience with Jesus is powerful. And you can't forget this. On this Palm Sunday, the way God has made you and the things that he has done in your life are powerful things. And that's all that we have to do. We just have to observe and report. Observe and report. Observe our own life and report on our own life and tell people what God has done in us. Jesus, if you need a reminder, Jesus has done some amazing things in you. He has saved you. Some of you were a mess. 
You were a mess, and Jesus saved you from that mess. For some of you, he rescued you. You were drowning in your life, and Jesus rescued you. For some of you, you were in a place where you had exhausted every human option and personal resource that you had, and you prayed to God, and God answered your prayer. Some of you, God has answered your prayers. For others of you, he healed you. You were sick. You had a physical ailment. You were not well, and God healed your body. The doctors couldn't figure it out. Your mom couldn't figure it out. WebMD was no help because it never really is. It just makes you paranoid. But God actually came and brought supernatural healing in that moment. He healed you. Others of you, you were addicted. You couldn't break the addiction. You were addicted. And Jesus, by his power, broke the addiction in your life. And still, others of you have experienced something so amazing and so remarkable that your life, you look at your life, if, you know, you, haven't, you, you measure your life sometimes, you're like, man, things haven't changed in a week. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. Your life hasn't changed much in a week. But if you were to measure your life over the past five to seven years, you go, God has done something in my life. God has done something remarkable. And this is what we do when we talk about our good news. We observe what God has done in our life and we report on it. And think about what Jesus has done in your life. Think about all the things that he uh, has done. Think about the things, you know, maybe you're thinking of one or two things that in your life that he's done even right now. Whatever that is, that's powerful stuff. And that's what we do. That's what we celebrate on Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is a moment for you to reflect and remember. You didn't get here on your own, that God has done something in you that's worth sharing. And Palm Sunday is the moment, a moment in time, where you and I live our story. Maybe you've heard the phrase, uh, live the brand, or like be the brand, live the brand. Jesus, if you've signed up to follow Jesus, Jesus is your brand. Just live the brand. Just be and speak about what he has done for you. Don't worry about trying to prove anything. I'll take care of that next week when I talk about the eyewitnesses of uh, observing Jesus coming back from the dead. Don't worry about some of the theological arguments. I know you can develop that. You should develop that skill set. But you know, don't worry about making sure someone understands all the theological implications of the gospel all at once. Begin, and this week, begin by remembering your story and telling your story. Become a storyteller live the brand, and this can, um, this can actually be applied in almost any situation in an area of your life. You can immediately begin to share your good news with people this week, and you can use your social media to post good news that you have. Does it have to be the whole gospel? Do you need to post a crucifix on Friday? on your Instagram story? You know, it's not on the permanent wall, just on the story. Do you need to do that? That's No, again, that's not what I'm getting at. Your good news is a reflection of what God has done in your life, the foundation of what God has done in your life. So don't worry about that stuff. Just be the brand. Live out the good news that God has for you. And that's the kind of Christian I think we're supposed to be on Palm Sunday. And we're supposed to exude that fresh fragrance, that excitement that God has done something in our lives that's worth living and sharing. So let's do it this Palm Sunday. Be the kind of people 
that welcome Jesus in again and be the kind of people that are willing to exude the good news that has come from within because of Jesus. Amen? Why don't we all stand? I think Palm Sunday is really exciting because um, the people were excited back then, and it's also exciting because Easter's coming. And these people were so excited on Palm Sunday, they were depressed on Friday, and then they were bewildered and confused on the following Sunday, and then 40 days later, they got it. And the whole, when the Holy Spirit came and fell on them, and they go, whoa, when we welcome Jesus in on Palm Sunday, that was even bigger than we had imagined. And so let's welcome him in again, and let's celebrate with our worship. And right now, um, I want to just invite anyone um, who wants to respond in prayer. We would love to pray with you in the front area. And you would say, you know what? There's a particular part of my life where I want to welcome Jesus in again. And this is for anybody who calls himself a follower of Jesus or not. If you want to, you're like, you know what? There's a, I want to welcome him in again. And maybe uh, the second group would be this. If you are experiencing uh, a lack of, uh, I would call it joy. Maybe you're like, you heard me talking about good news. And you're like, man, I don't feel the good news. I want to pray for you that God would fill you and remind you of what he's done in your life. So if that applies to you, we'd love to pray with you in the front. Do you have anything? Okay, let's worship one more time together.